and welcome to the Sober Bliss Podcast with me, Gail, and my amazing guest. I finally quit drinking for good in March of 2018, and one of the things that helped me was connecting with people on the same journey as me, hearing their stories and finding inspiration. No matter where you are on your journey to sobriety, I hope you enjoy listening to these stories and hope they bring you inspiration, joy and light so you can find your own sober bliss. Hi everyone and welcome to another edition of Sober Bliss Meets. Today I am joined by the wonderful Gillian Duncan who is going to talk to us about alcohol and sleep and Gillian has a a massive wealth of experience in this topic. So I'll let you introduce yourself, Gillian. First of all, it's lovely to have you here. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gail. Thanks so much for inviting me to chat with you today. I'm so excited to be talking about this topic with you because I do realise the importance that sleep does have and the effect that alcohol has on sleep. So I'm delighted yeah. to be chatting about that today. Yeah. So yeah, my name is Gillian Duncan and I am the author of the book Sleep, Cure Your Insomnia, Improve Your Health and Feel Better Now. And I wrote that book because of my own experiences with insomnia over the years, mm -hmm. um, all different experiences. So not just one period of my life where I've not been able to sleep, there's been many. So I have learned an awful lot. And I am also the author and the host and the editor over at claritynjunction.com, which is a website for women. Um, and we also have a podcast, which I'm delighted that Gail has, has been interviewed on, which I'm, I'm mm -hmm. so pleased that we're, we've had that conversation. Um, yeah, so that's, that's a, bit, a bit about me. Mm -hmm. uh, I am, my background is in biomedical sciences. So I researched into neurotoxicology and pathology for a while. Um, oh, yeah. I've also got a bit of background in psychology. Um, I moved on in life and I trained to be a meditation and yoga teacher. So I've, I've also got that. Um, I've got a huge interest in alternative therapies. I do have some qualifications in alternative therapies. And also I am a trained uh, life coach. So that is my my background. That's amazing. That's amazing. So where so, yeah. does um like sleep come into all of this? Obviously, you mentioned briefly before that you've had your own struggles with um insomnia in the past. Yeah. So obviously you've managed to do such a lot with your life, but you said that the insomnia had a massive effect as well. Could you tell us a little bit about that? It did. And it's, it really probably started when I was in my teens, but I didn't actually realise how big an effect the insomnia had on my life until I was a lot older and I was running a business, a retail business, and I had two children, so I had my babies back to back. There's only 18 months between them. Um, and it wasn't until they were... They were, they were at school by the time that I realised that my health had been affected by sleep loss. And the, the trigger point, and this sounds crazy because I've been through a lot of things in my past before then um, with chronic illness and uh, just other situations with uh, you know, anxiety and um, withdrawal, which I'm happy to speak about as well. Mm. Um, you know, different things in my past had you know, stopped me from sleeping, but it wasn't until... And this sounds crazy, it wasn't until I started to want to lose weight. I realized I'd put weight on and I couldn't shift it. And I didn't know why. I thought it was ill. I thought something had gone wrong inside. Mm -hmm. And I was watching my diet and I was exercising every single day. I was doing everything that, you know, that you were supposed to do. You know, I certainly was not eating anything like cheese, no chocolate. Um, no chips, anything that you can, you can put you know, weight on with. And of course, that includes alcohol as well. I was not drinking any alcohol. I was only drinking water. So mm -hmm. I, it did sound like a bit of a depressing time, but actually I enjoyed doing that. I felt like I was completely cleansed at that time. I, was, mm -hmm. I felt really, really healthy. 
but having feeling really, really healthy, I still wasn't losing weight. Um, and I started sort of looking into things and the reasons why you, you, you could we gain weight and, and keep weight on. And one of them was sleep deprivation. Oh. And that had one of those sort of light bulb moments for me yeah. because I hadn't slept maybe, you know, a full night's sleep for years since my, my babies were born. Oh, um, really? Yeah, because when they got up in the night, I got up in the night and I oh. didn't go back to sleep. So that for me had got into a really bad habit. I'd been sort of surviving on maybe three hours of sleep a night uh, for all those years. And yeah, exactly. Um, so I was going, how, yeah, exactly. I don't know. I just don't know how um, I functioned. And I didn't function very well. Looking back, I didn't function very well. I was completely on the line. I was throwing myself into my business. I was completely burnt out. Yeah. Um, and that's why my body was telling me that something was wrong. And it was. I was needing my sleep. So anyway, to cut the story, I, um, I started to focus in on my sleep. Um, you know, things in my life had been started to sort of get better. I was starting to become more in control of things. My sleep started to improve. And within a few weeks of getting my sleep back on track, and that's all it took this time. I mean, because there was nothing really else in my life that was majorly influenced in it, apart from my bad habits. Mm -hmm. um, then a few weeks later, I noticed my weight just started to drop off. And I wasn't doing anything different with my diet or exercise. I was still keeping that up. Nothing else had changed in my life. The only thing that had changed was my sleep and, um, and that habit. So that's when I realized that sleep was hugely important. So not just for the way that you feel, um, you know, and, and your, your, your sort of mental awareness during the day and how grumpy you are. It actually had a knock-on physical effect. Wow. That's why I started uh, looking at that. Wow. So why is sleep so important then? Gosh, there's a loads, loads of reasons why. Um, sleep mainly is that time, as you know, when you are allowing yourself to relax. Mm -hmm. And many of us don't allow ourselves that time. We think it's one of those optional extras and it really isn't. It's not part of self-care it's actually part of your needs yeah you know an absolute need to stay healthy and to stay alive your body needs that time so mm. basically when you go to sleep at night you are allowing your body to rest restore and rebalance so if you think about it during the day you are using up chemicals in your body. Your body's all made up of different signals. And all those signals are chemicals that, that trigger off one thing after another. And those, those chemicals are made up of the things that we eat, the things that we consume. And that's all very well. So we can have all those building blocks in place. Yeah. But we don't, yeah, but if we don't allow our body the time to build the blocks together and form the chemicals that we need, then it's not going to happen. So we're going to we're going to be really um, running out and really low on those. And also we're going to be triggering off other things in our body as well that we shouldn't be. So the signals are going to get all confused. Um, so there's also the, the fact that when we rest, we are able to rest the other things in our body, like our muscles. So if you think about it our heart beats 24 7 we don't think we don't think about that we take it for granted all yeah. the systems that go on in our body day in day out <laughs> happen without our second thought it's just a natural process we just expect <clears throat> it to happen we don't really think of that you know these organs and these mm -hmm. muscles actually need to recuperate yeah so by giving yourself that time to rest you are allowing, for example, your heart to beat slower because you don't need to pump the blood around your body just as much as you do during the day. It's mm -hmm. not as needed. Um, so you're allowing your, your heart to, to relax. You're allowing um, your digestive system to do what it needs to do because it goes through a certain process at night. You're, as I say, allowing the, the, the right chemicals in your body to come and go and to get built and replenished and restored as they should be naturally. And you're allowing your body to 
keep in sync with a natural rhythm and routine, which is so important. A lot of people think it's all woo-woo, you know, we've got to stick in time and, you know, we've got to be in alignment with the moon or whatever it is. But actually, <laughs> we, are, we are natural creatures. We are, you know, we're, we're animals at the end of the day. Mm. And we work in sync with the world that we're on. And our own body has its own natural clock. It, it needs to, it, it just needs to work in that rhythm. Or, or we end up having some major problems. That makes so much sense. I never thought about it that way before, but it does. Yeah, yeah it certainly yeah. does. Yeah. yeah. So what happens to us then if we don't get enough sleep? Because um, I know like in today's society, you know, we have to do as much as we can, fit as much in. Often people, you know, think of sleep as, as you just said, a luxury and, yeah. Some people even kind of brag about how much sleep they don't need yeah. to do all of the things. And, and I can't understand that at all because I am a huge fan of sleep. Uh, when I was growing up, you know, whenever anybody was ill in the family, then my dad always said, right, go to bed yeah. and you'll feel a lot better. And I've kind of carried that on with my kids. And I always try and go to bed early. I mean, I wake up really early as well. But if I don't get, you know, seven, eight hours sleep a night, then I can really tell. Um, just in myself, you know, I don't focus, I don't feel 100%. But, you know, it can have a lot more serious consequences, can't it, if we don't get enough sleep. So what oh, happens absolutely. to us? Yeah, sure. So seven to eight hours sleep is really sort of the recommended amount of sleep that we need each night. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get the right amount of sleep, we put our body into a stress response. Right. So our body is not functioning the way it should. It wants to, you know, replenish and rebuild, like I was saying, it wants to rest, it wants to take that time out. But if we don't allow our bodies to have that time, it's going to have this sort of natural, oh my goodness, something's happened. It goes into some, you know, like fight or flight. You probably heard of that response. Yeah, yeah. So when we, when our bodies feels like it's under attack or we're scared um, or something big happens in life. So you might think of it, you know, that feeling that you get when, um, I don't know, you've got to talk in front of a whole lot of people mm. or um, you have sort of a, maybe a near miss in the car or something mm -hmm. um or somebody gets poorly or sick you you feel that yourself and, and you sort of put up that i don't know a sort of instant response that um you, you need to react and you re you need to react react quickly and so your body sort of goes into this sort of defensive mechanism and with that that's a massive stress stress response so with that that triggers off other different things and other different sequences which are not good um, and so this can affect things like, like your heart. So you're not resting. Your heart isn't, you know, constant demand. It's not lowering down your, your blood pressure. So mm. you're, you're sort of signaling to your body that, you know, the stress, it's just it's a constant loop, one after the other. Right. And so you're risking things like heart disease and you're risking things like stroke. You're risking things um, like affecting your immune system. That's a huge thing that gets affected by stress. Mm. You are risking um, problems with fertility. Um, you're risking things with your weight uh, and also type 2 diabetes. That's all linked with, with uh, sleep deprivation. Oh, really? Um, yeah, yeah. And then, as you were mentioning, things like your own, um, your own feelings. Yeah. So psychologically, you're a little bit unsettled. You can't think straight, really. Um, you're, you're maybe being also clumsy um really your coordination mm. goes out the window yeah. you're like a bear with a sore head you just just don't just don't go near that person without sleep you know you sort of avoid <laughs> them like the plague it's just please don't go near them um you know so that's what you're risking when you don't get enough sleep you're triggering that stress response now when you trigger that off by not getting enough sleep it is that sort of vicious circle mm. um because once you've triggered the stress you then get stressed because you're stressed <laughs> it's just yeah from there so that's why your dad would be saying if you're poorly get to bed because you your body needs that rest in order to relax and to fight whatever is going on in your body at that time it needs all the reserves it can get and the less 
you know, the least stress that it can get. And people will say, oh, like you mentioned, I live on just a few hours of sleep and I get by and that's fine. And I used to be one of those people. I thought, oh, I don't need sleep. I'm dead. That, you know, that phrase. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't sleep. It's, I'll, I'll catch up later. I'll catch up at the weekend. And what they're doing is they're just basically initiating a stress response. And it's sooner or later it will catch up with them. Mm. And many people also think that if they sleep so little during the week, they'll catch up with sleep at the weekends or they'll wait until a holiday and then they'll just yes. sort of sleep That's the whole time. Yeah. I'm going to so, ask you that. Can you catch up on your sleep? No. No, but you can catch in the sense that you can sleep, but you, you, the, the problem arises when you have triggered the stress response. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you've gone the whole week completely stressed, not functioning the way you should, your body's struggling to cope. You might not realize it, just like I didn't, you know, until I realized that it was causing my weight gain. You mm -hmm. might not actually know that the, the sleep loss is, is affecting you that way. And so that says you've got that stress response. Then at the weekend, you think, well, I'll just, I'll sleep in. So you try to sleep in. A lot of the times you can't because maybe you're used to waking up at certain times, but you'll yeah. maybe try to, to sleep more at the weekends. And your body might feel relaxed by the time the weekend's over. And you'll go into Monday, go back to work or whatever you're doing, go back into the routine of only sleeping a few hours. You're triggering the stress response again. So it's, as I say, you just you just have this sort of cycle going on and on and on, and once that that is triggered, it's really really hard to stop. I mean, you you know what that's like when you feel anxious or stressed. It's you can't just you know somebody says oh calm down. You can't just calm down. There's a whole lot <laughs> of things that go on. You, you know your heart might be racing or yeah. your hands might be sweating. You might get a dry mouth. There's a whole lot of things that happen when you become stressed. You can't just stop that. That's up to your body and it takes time to mm. hit everything. Yeah. So you can kind of get back and catch up, but you have to do it over a period of time, not just Saturday, have a lie in on a Saturday. I mean, when it comes to catching up, I would say that I wouldn't. I would try and stick absolutely to a routine every mm. single day because habits are formed by doing the same thing over and over again and when yeah. it comes to something like sleep as i mentioned sleep is something that is a natural rhythm in your body it has to be that way the chemicals that work in sleep are triggered by certain things um with your daytime and your nighttime and and the period that you rest so in order for that to actually function properly you need to have a rhythm in your body yeah it's the circadian rhythm so you need to allow that to work and function so if you're sort of constantly messing with that rhythm and that routine it's never going to be the you're never going to get a good quality of sleep at all and you're always mm -hmm. going to be waking up feeling tired and exhausted and moody and grumpy and eventually you will get telltale signs of ill health so yeah, yeah try try not to think of it like catching up but just try to think of it as establishing a, ha a healthy habit of sleep. Yeah, okay. That's interesting. We talk a bit more about how to do that a bit later on. Sure. Um, but I wanted to ask you specifically about sleep and alcohol um, because a lot of people think that, you know, they can have a glass of wine or two before bed and that will help them sleep. And the people that I work with and talk to find that, well, A, one of the reasons that they might not be prepared to stop drinking is because they've suffered sleep problems in the past and they think that the alcohol is helping. And also um, they hear of stories or they might have experienced it themselves that when you stop drinking, you suddenly have problems with your sleep. So why is alcohol and sleep not a good mix? Okay, so I love the comment you made that people will sometimes have a glass or two before going to bed. Now that is, I mean, it's a tradition. It's called nightcap. It's yeah. you know, it's one of those things that we dram before. Yeah, we dram. Yeah, that um, <laughs> you know, it's it's just gone into our culture really that, that that's what we do. And it's it's centuries old. Um, mm. 
but with our knowledge that we have today, and also with the cleanliness of our water, there's no need to be to be drinking alcohol uh, before going to bed. Um, now, alcohol, when what I was going to say to you about you know taking one or two glasses, when you start with alcohol, as you know, it acts like a stimulant, mm. so it doesn't it doesn't have that sedative effect straight away. So you get a you get a kick. Right, so that first few sips uh, of, of your drink, you get that buzz, you get that kick, it's like that friend, it's like, yeah, okay, I'm relaxed uh, a bit, you know, but I'm, I'm out there and I'm going to talk to people and, you know, if it gives me that sort of, maybe a wee bit of bravery, it gives me that sort of, that, that, that lift, okay? Yeah. So you don't want that going to bed, okay, it's the last thing that you want. So what you'll end up doing is having another drink. Because you have to get to that point where that you're feeling a wee bit sleepy and a wee bit tired, and now I want to go to bed. Now I want to, you know, I know I've had enough. I want to go to bed. And that's that's one thing, you know. So you have a couple of glasses before you know it, and then the next night you'll maybe do the same, and the next night you'll maybe do the same because you see that it's 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 made you feel sleepy and you want to go to bed. Yeah. But after a while, you become tolerant to that amount. And just like everything else, you have to sort of up the dose mm -hmm. before you get that feeling of being sleepy. And so that that's sort of an increase of alcohol over a period of time to get that desired result. Yeah. Uh, and you're also forming a habit here. So our body's then saying, right, okay, in order for me to be able to go to sleep, I need to have those drinks. It doesn't, but it's because it's used to it that it wants it. Yeah. So I'm just trying to think. So we're going, we're going through that pattern. We've, we've had a few drinks. We're becoming a bit more tolerant to it. We're having more and more, and then we're going to go to bed, and mm. we think that this is fine. So because what happens is we sort of go to sleep pretty much straight away. Yeah. A lot of us, you know, it gives us that that push to go to sleep. Yeah, or you pass out. Depending well, on yeah, depending <laughs> on how much you've had. Because I mean, let's face it: by the time you've got to four glasses, you've drunk, you've drank a bottle of wine. Yeah, you know, that's 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 the mm. truth of it. So you know, that's enough to make you to make you sleep very soundly. However, it's only for the first few phases of sleep. Now, sleep has a cycle, like everything else. Like naturally, in our body, has a cycle, and. That cycle has got four main phases attached to it. And the first three phases are your sound sleep. So those are the, the phases in your sleep where you feel that you're not tired, you don't remember them. Um, when it gets to the last phase, and this is the phase that probably everybody knows about, it's your REM sleep, it's your yeah. REM, your rapid eye movement phase. So this is the point where you dream. So that's why everybody knows about it, okay? So that's your last phase. Mm -hmm. Now, at the end of that last phase, you then go back and start the cycle all over again. Uh, oh, and so you okay. go back into a deep sleep. So it'll happen maybe about three, or three to five times per night. And your first phase, uh, your first cycle rather, the REM phase is about, it could be about five minutes. It might not be that long. As the sleep goes on through the night, that REM phase gets bigger and bigger and bigger. So you, you sleep, you dream for longer and longer. Mm -hmm. And that phase, that REM phase, is all about what we'd like to think of is sort of a psychological restoration. It's things that you've experienced during the day. It's it, things that you've sensed during the day. It's all that information that you bring into your body that even you're not aware of it. Anything that's happened, anything that's going to happen, your worries, your thoughts, everything. It's almost like it takes your your mind takes that time to sort it out file it away put it into its right home and deal with it yeah, yeah. so that when you wake up the next day <laughs> so everybody says you're if you've got a problem you'll feel better in the morning you certainly do if you've had a good sleep because yeah. your mind's had been able to cope with all that information so that's REM sleep is so part it's so important such REM sleep is such an important part of that cycle and as I say we can have that cycle between three and five times in an evening Mm. What happens when you drink alcohol is that you will sleep soundly for the first three phases, the three main phases. When you get to the last phase, your REM phase, somehow your cycle gets broken 
and you do not enter into a long REM phase. So your first one, you might sleep through because it's only a few minutes long and you mm -hmm. go into the next cycle, but by the next one, it will be cut short. So that's why you'll go to bed maybe at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock at night, but you'll still wake up at two o'clock in the morning mm -hmm. and you've had some sleep, but all of a sudden you're wide awake. Yeah. And this is the trouble here because in normal, you know, everyday cycles for everybody when they're sleeping, that point between REM sleep and the phase one of sleep, you know, when you're going back onto the next cycle of sleep, yeah, that's the point when you can be disturbed really easily and it's really difficult to fall back asleep again. So that's anybody, okay? Mm -hmm. So that's taking alcohol out of the equation. That's everybody has that thing. If you're disturbed at that point, it can be really hard to fall back to sleep. Right. So if you're thinking about it, if you're having alcohol and that chemical in your body is making you not have a full REM sleep and it's waking you up at that point, mm. then you're unlikely to move on to the next phase. It's going to be yeah. harder for you to fall back to sleep again. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, it does. I remember yeah. that. I used to go to bed at whatever time it was. Sometimes you know, I couldn't remember because I was drunk, obviously. And I would wake up at about three o'clock. Usually it was three o'clock every morning. I called it the 3 a.m. terrors because you would wake up in a panic. Your heart would be racing. You'd be like, oh, my God, what did I do last night? Did I put my kids to bed? And then you'd feel guilty and you'd start, you know, worrying and hating yourself. Or you have to go to the loo because, you know, you need a drink or um, and then it would just all go from there and then you couldn't get back to sleep again and it was just awful I remember it well yeah it's it's you know your comment there about going to up the hand to get up and go to the toilet I mean alcohol is diuretic as well and it also dehydrates you so it makes you have to get up in the middle of the night to go to the toilet yeah that's just the way it is and then you you will want to drink more water because you're you're thirsty um, so again, that's going to disturb your sleep as well. So it's really hard to get that, that solid sleep. Um, and then you were saying you woke up in that panic and your heart was racing. Well, yes, because your mind was active at that point. You're, you're thinking, um, you're trying to fail all those thoughts, aren't you, at that point mm -hmm. in your mind. And you're getting woken up at that point with a joke going, oh my goodness, um, something's triggered it, you've woken up. You know, you, you might have been having a nightmare or anything could be going on. and that feeling is a, especially at that time of night is is horrible because you yeah. it's such a lonely time yeah. um and yeah, i was talking to you earlier that i've also experienced sleep loss through withdrawal mm. and my withdrawal was from a, a prescribed opioids based painkiller uh that i was given when i was in, in my early 20s um to 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 compensate the pain for I was having with chronic illness and I was undergoing some operations at the time um, and you know I, I know that it affected me usually when I took it it gave but it gave me when I took it, it I, I didn't I'm not very good at taking meds but I knew that it was going to help me to sort of calm down and be less anxious about things it perhaps didn't take away the pain but it certainly made me feel as if I could cope with it a bit better or so yeah. I thought and yeah. this so this period went on for for a good year or so and like i was saying earlier about your um being becoming more dependent on things that you take and you build up a resistance to the impact mm. that it has on your body um this medication did the same to me so i started off with a really small dose and ended up um increasing it over that period of time yeah and by the end of the period where I'd been through my operations and I decided that, you know, it's really not killing any pain. It's not doing anything for me. It's time for me to come off this medication. Um, I, you know, I spoke to my GP and they said, look, you can't just come off it overnight. You've got mm -hmm. to sort of wean yourself off. You've got to lower the doses. So I did and didn't think anything much of it. I was going through this with, you know, taking less tablets each day. And I got down to, and I'll tell you, this tiny little half a tablet and it was that tiny little half a tablet that was that almost beat me really? it was the smallest dose ever but what what it would do 
was that little half tablet would make me fall asleep. Mm. And without that little half tablet, I was up at three o'clock in the morning and not sleeping and wide awake and feeling panicky and just beside myself. I, I felt completely, my body just wanted to, I don't know, run about. It wanted to do things. And at three o'clock in the morning, you just can't do that. It just felt no. so natural. Um, and yeah, that went on. So what I had to do was I would stop the pill, right? So I'd stop taking it. And again, I'd, I wouldn't sleep, right? So for the first few nights, I didn't sleep at all. I, I just sat in my bed. So I got ready for my bed as I normally would. I sat in bed and I was like, okay, sleep, sleep. And I couldn't because, you know, my brain didn't have that little half tablet. It didn't have that wee pill to make me go to sleep. It was so yeah. dependent on it. It needed it. And I thought, mm. this is crazy. And logically, I'm going, oh, for goodness sakes, it's only a wee tiny little white thing. And I couldn't get my head around the fact that this was causing so much disruption in my life. Yeah. And it went on for a few days and I kept giving in. But eventually, I, I had to have that conversation. My mum helped me as well. I, I'd actually gone home uh, at that point um, just to get help. From, from the support of my family because I knew that it was, you know, I was recovering from operations and I knew that I needed to come off this, this drug. Um, so it was just a case of, well, we're locking you in the house. That's <laughs> it, you're not having it. And I basically, I remember staying in my room really for about three days. I was not nice to be near. I was like, I was like vicious. I was horrible. Mm. Um, I was teary. I, I didn't sleep. I was, you know, agitated, my muscles were not right. I felt I had paranoia. I thought everybody was looking at me and talking about me and mm. it was horrendous. But it was the best thing I ever did. Yeah. Because it took a few days of that to then start to sleep. It just mm. for a short time. And then eventually it built up and built up. And within a couple of weeks, two, three weeks, I was able to sleep a lot longer and things in my body were beginning to readjust and become normal again mm. and my brain was no longer dependent on that little tiny white tablet just to send it to sleep yeah so it makes me concerned as well when people come off of one thing and perhaps they look to find something else to substitute yeah. for that so for example if you are um cutting back on your your intake of alcohol or medications whatever it is then a lot of people tend to reach out and and try sleeping medications yeah. and i feel personally that that's like substituting one chemical for another it and is. it could just bring about the same habits so although i know that it, you need to certainly seek advice when you are coming off of something you're dependent on you mm -hmm. must you must look out and get advice i i strongly recommend you take that advice and also look about to see what else you can do to try and get your sleep back in order before you reach out for any other um any other medications and chemicals yeah yeah and I, I bet when you got in after that, you know, period of two or three weeks, when you got into a routine again and you started sleeping longer, I bet that you felt absolutely amazing and relieved, didn't you? I felt proud. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, I felt so proud of myself because I actually remember going back to my, my doctor at that point after I'd come off it. And, you know, this is... This, this was a different doctor than I had because I'd, I'd been in England and then I'd gone up to Scotland to be with my family to, to mm. come off this and to, to recover from my operations. And so this was a Scottish doctor and I had asked my doctor in England, look, is this, you know, it's an operation, am I going to become addicted to it? Because, you know, obviously my background in neurotoxicology and pathology, I was like, you know, yeah, you know, I, I kind of know a bit about this. And he went, no, 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 <laughs> there's thousands of people are on this drug, you'll be fine. Mm. Um, but when I went to see my doctor after coming off of that tablet, he actually, uh, out in Scotland, he actually um, congratulated me. And he said, you know, he said, that's a really hard thing that you've done. He said, I know people who are just on it for years because they can't come off it. They're mm. just stuck on it and I prescribe it because they're, they're addicted to it. 
um, and there's no other way around it, you know. Um, so I, I felt so proud and so relieved and I felt free. Yeah. I felt free from having to take a medication or take that chemical uh, at certain times of the day. I felt free that it didn't have that control over me. Mm. That I was back in control. My body was back in control and my brain was back. It was it was mine again. Yeah. It was it was an amazing feeling. And obviously when you do sleep better, you realise then that the sleep that you had through that time of being that I, had, that I had through the time of being ill and everything it wasn't real sleep it wasn't mm. proper sleep I was still exhausted in that time but then when you get your real sleep back mm. you can tell the difference because all of a sudden you have the energy you sure you have days you wake up and you're tired still sure you have you know <laughs> those moments I mean that's just that's just life you know it all depends what's yeah. going on but the majority of times you know when you've had a good night's sleep you just know you wake up and you can cope with the day ahead and that is one of the major things um, was coming off for me definitely um, when I got my last phase of sleep, my, my REM sleep back, I was able to mentally be able to cope with things the next day. Mm. You know, you go through all these things in life, and at the time, again, it was ill health for me. And, um, you know, I was trying to balance my health with a mortgage, and um, I was getting married, and uh, obviously, I had the information of my. my my condition as well I had to take on board there's a whole lot of things that I had to deal with at a young age um, and I wasn't coping with that so when I came off the medications when I came off that dependence dependency of that chemical I felt like I could I could cope with so much more yeah uh, and I was a better person to be around most definitely <laughs> person. oh that's so inspiring and I know exactly what you mean in terms of me coming off alcohol because um just waking up the next day obviously it took a couple of weeks to get back into sleep and that's a thing as well um you know people sometimes give in because they can't get past it but really it is only a couple of weeks generally it was for me definitely and then after that two weeks of kind of um you know not being able to fall asleep maybe waking up early or in the middle of the night still but when I did I like have a, a full night's sleep again, it was just like, oh wow, this is amazing. And that's what I try and tell people and encourage people because after a good night's sleep, you wake up in the morning and it is just the best feeling in the world. I remember when I was struggling, my husband would say, just think of the morning, just think of the morning and how you feel. And that's what got me through. It really did because it made such a huge difference having a good night's sleep. Yeah. Did. Yeah, you, you can cope better with the day ahead for sure. Yeah. But it's it is that sticking point with a lot of people. Mm. Uh, and I as you know, I faced it myself. I honestly think that is it's it's such a big hurdle because as I mentioned, three o'clock in the morning is such a lonely time. Yeah, and that was one of the hurdles for me, for definite, because being awake and and you you know just everybody else is asleep. Maybe I I didn't feel like I could wake anybody up and say, you know, I'm wide awake and I'm <laughs> feeling like this and I'm feeling quite quite low at the moment and I'm feeling you know I'll never do this and I, I'm having self doubts and I'm having fears and I'm also like like this because my body's yeah. wanting some medication to calm me back down again. Um, it's such a lonely time and mm. you do feel at the time oh my goodness I'm never going to get through this yeah I, and that's when you want to reach out for whatever it is you're taking to calm yourself back down and, and to restore that normality but it's just having that strength and it takes a lot it does it takes a lot of inner strength and commitment to get and to push through that yeah. but once you do it's so rewarding it, yeah. you know you're you're free as I said it's that that complete feeling of freedom there's yeah. there's nothing that can beat that feeling it's just no. wonderful and if you're doing that for yourself because you've got to do it for number one first um just think if you can do that for yourself and you can be that better person on the other side 
Think about the impact that that's going to make, not only on your life, but everybody else's life around you. Exactly. Think about, you know, those relationships that you can, you can build and you can have fun with. Think about the things that you can do the next day because you're not tired. Oh, think yeah. about, yeah, I mean, think about your, the fact that you'll have energy to go for walks, exercise. You'll be able to take up things that you love to do, extra mm -hmm. hobbies. You know, you won't just be going to work day in, day out, doing the same things and sitting in front of the telly. You'll be actually thinking, you know, I've still got a bit of energy left. I want to go and do something else, something of interest. And yeah. you can completely build a different life. Just, you can't but just by trying to get over those first couple of weeks mm. yeah know, that's that is that is it like that that three o'clock in the morning that that first few days mm. and if you've got somebody that's that can be there and support you that's so that's obviously you know that that is really one of the main keys if you have got a supportive system even if it's the next day and you can talk about it yeah you know that's that is key definitely definitely and getting through that period as you just said can you know lead on to so much more in your life um but people struggle with it they struggle like i did with falling asleep and you mentioned earlier on that sleep is you know our natural cycle so what can we do to help to get us back into that natural cycle after we stop drinking or, or taking prescription medications whatever it might be yeah sure so once we've once we've moved on from from this uh, chemical dependency mm. we are still perhaps not in the best routine and because most of us aren't let's be honest yeah. you know um whether we whether we are um drinking alcohol before bed or not we most of us just don't treat sleep the way we should treat sleep. We don't treat it with importance, as we said earlier. So it's important that we start to recognise that we we need that sleep. So that's the sort of the first hurdle. Recognise that, that sleep is important for our health and being alive and the best person that we can possibly be. We need that. It's yeah. a core thing. Um, think about what you're doing during the day. So. Okay, so we're, we're taking alcohol out, the system, out of our system here. We're taking that, we're removing that, that's gone. Um, we're, we're thinking about any other chemicals here. So if you smoke, um, you have to limit that consumption of nicotine for sure. Just mm. try to get that down as low as possible and stop it completely if you can. Um, other stimulants like um, sugar as well, yeah. really in our diet, not a good thing to have um especially at the, the later point of our day it's just going to make us provide us with that energy it's going to make us a little bit more hyper you know mm -hmm. kids what they're like when they've got a whole bundle of sweeties um <laughs> they're just they're, they're just non-stop so we're just exactly the same mm -hmm. so try to limit the sugar intake that we're having and also caffeine so this is another chemical that is a stimulant that we we yeah. all have through cups of teas um our coca-colas or um coffee obviously so mm. try and oh in chocolate another thing uh, a whole lot of caffeine and chocolate so try and limit that um i try to i would try to drink decaffeinated drinks um yeah. so decaf coffee is my thing i know when i've had a proper coffee <laughs> i'm just like well um so if i'm going to have anything with caffeine in it i try to have that in the morning so nothing after lunchtime so i no caffeine after then because I know that it affects me later on in the day yeah. um, and it also it just upsets my system so I just I don't want to do a caffeine later on in the day mm. um, so that's one thing you can do also positive mindset during the day um, we're all in that sort of habit of fucking ourselves down during the day and if we go oh my goodness I'm not looking forward to my bed tonight because I'm probably going to wake up and I'm probably not going to sleep and I'm going to probably be grouchy the next day you're just telling yourself exactly what you're going to do you're telling yourself yeah. that you're going to not go to sleep and you're not going to you know you're going to wake up in the middle of the night and you're not going to be in a good mood the next day you're sort of <laughs> predicting it yeah. don't don't yeah. tell yourself that i'm looking forward to my bed tonight i'm looking forward to that time to relax mm -hmm. i'm looking you know forward to that that restful period uh, for me and for my my internal system so mm -hmm. start with just small things like that now when you get closer to bedtime 
that's when we need to start looking at our habits and that's when some of the big changes happen um, to our habits if we address small things so yeah. so what we want to do is we want to think about not eating such a heavy meal before bedtime mm -hmm. so think about something that's a bit lighter so that we're not going to bed completely full up um, we would like to have some snacks and that's sure but just be, be conscious of the snacks that you're having um, make sure that they're not something that's really heavy and not easily digested yeah. your digestive system does work overnight so you don't want to overload the system just Gosh. let it yeah i had cake last night before i went to bed <laughs> well you've got sugar there so that's not so great yeah. um but then you've got some carbohydrates in there too mm. and it's not too heavy so you know um <laughs> but yeah if, if it's laced with chocolate sauce then you've got putting in caffeine as well so just be just be careful with, with what you're what you are eating um and obviously things like cereals before bed are pretty good um i know not everybody loves porridge i like porridge um mm. but i like porridge um, also, you know, things, things like um, nuts and seeds and beans and, that, you know, uh, or a light pasta meal or a right, light rice meal. Um, and also bananas. Bananas are fantastic for loads of things. Um, Ooh, yeah, bananas, that bananas, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, brilliant. they're great for reducing stress as well. So um, <laughs> they're, they're great relaxant bananas. Um, and they've got the they've got the components of magnesium, the tryptophan, and the melatonin that help to uh, boost your sleep as well. So yeah, I've got an exam coming up in a few weeks' time, a music exam, and I eat loads of bananas before going into my exams because I get so stressed. But it's they work. I I eat bananas for that. Bananas for everything. So um, <laughs> so yeah. So think about that. Think about your water intake as well. We don't want to be dehydrated, but don't drink too much just before going to bed, or you'll end up taking loo chips all night. Yeah. Um, and think of that time before bed as a, a chill out time. Mm. Look forward to it. An hour before your bed, you should be starting to wind down. So yeah. the television goes off. The phones get put away. We, if we're going to be reading, then we read on like a, a paper book. Yeah. We get, we put those e-books away. We put our tablets away, and we start thinking about the lights that we are bringing into our brain. Our brain doesn't know whether that light is natural light or whether it's fake light, and so obviously our natural light triggers rhythms within our body mm. to make us be awake. And when the lights go dimmer, it starts to send that process and it, it starts to initiate the chemical response in our body to initiate sleep. So if we are shining those lights right in our eyes before we're going to bed, then our body's going, you know, it's still daytime. Why should I go to sleep? Yeah. So try to get rid of those devices at least an hour before bed. Try mm. to dim lights. Do things like take a shower, you know. Um, do your self-care routine just have some stretches um play some music if you're playing some music play some nice soothing music nothing you know that's going to stimulate your senses a lot of people you know go into that whole trick of watching television before they go right up to the moment they go to bed mm. and they'll be watching dramas or films and these these programs are there to stimulate your mind they're there yeah. to engage you and get a response and you know engage the the senses in our body and if we don't give ourselves enough time to recover from that and to start to relax from that then we're going straight into bed with our mind and our whole our whole senses like completely alive so mm. we're not going to switch off so really think hard about that hour before bed what can you do in that time to start preparing yourself for the next, for the sleep and for the next day. Think about what nice things you can do um, to look forward to. As I say, you might want to go for a nice bath. You might want to use like aromatherapy oils in your bath. You might, I don't know, just, you yeah. might want to put on a face mask or whatever it is, you know, just think of it, me things like that. And then one of the big things as well that we need to do, which a lot of people don't even think of is give ourselves enough hours to sleep. So yeah. we've been talking about the fact that we need seven to eight hours of sleep. Well, if you rock up to bed at 12 o'clock at night and then you know you've got to get to 
up at six o'clock in the morning, you're mm. not giving yourself even the hours to, to sleep. Um, and if your sleep is disturbed as well, then that's, it just, it's just kind of, uh, it's just mounting up, isn't it? It's just causing yeah. another, another problem. So yeah. allow yourself, work back, say, I need to get up at six, so I need to go to bed. And, you know, set your timer to maybe go off, uh, maybe a, a timer on your phone to signal, actually, I need to now start preparing to go to bed. Mm. So that when the time comes, say 10 o'clock comes, you need to be in your bed by 10 o'clock, you need to be sleeping by 10 o'clock, yeah. then you have made that process from nine o'clock at night you've gone through your self-care routine, you're feeling a lot more relaxed and you're in bed mm. and at 10 o'clock, you're ready to sleep. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's more, more of a system that's in place and yeah. your body loves routine. Yeah, Most totally. of us hate, we hate, we hate giving up into routine, but our bodies <laughs> love routine. Mm. So those, those are the big ones, I'd say, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh, I love that. What to do during the day. Making it kind of special and something to look forward to. Yeah, yeah. it should be. It should. It be. should. I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, we all enjoy a good night's sleep, mm. and we need to just accept that it's going to happen. We need to give ourselves permission to go to sleep. It's essential for us. So why shouldn't we make the process, you know, enjoyable? Mm. Rather than a chore, I'm gonna go to bed now. You know, <laughs> yeah, uh, I've, got, I've got 101 things to do. No, that's we've done what we need to do for the day. Let's go to bed now. That's it. We've got an hour. It's part of. It's it's just like setting aside an hour each day to exercise or to, um, I don't know whatever else you've got in your routine, whether it's walking the dog or uh, yeah. making lunch or, you, you know, we've all got routines in the day that we always stick by. Why can't we make this part of our routine? exactly yeah yeah and I do that what you said before about kind of counting backwards and saying okay I need to get up at this time so I need to go to bed at that time yeah. and um the other day I went to bed really early it was like I don't know, eight o'clock or something and I counted that I would have like 10 hours sleep I was like Yoo -hoo, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. yeah I was quite excited yeah. to go to bed I didn't go to yeah. sleep straight away but um but no, yeah your internal clock was telling you that normally I fall asleep at this time and I wake up at that time. So going to bed early, it doesn't necessarily mean you're going to get sleep, but you will get rest. Yeah. And you're taking, you know, you're sitting there with your, with, with your legs, uh, you know, you're, you're elevated. So your, um, your blood pressure is getting that chance to, to go down. You're, mm -hmm. you're relaxing your heart more, your respiratory systems recovering. Um, your muscles are relaxed and it's a good thing to do just to relax before saying right I need to sleep um, yeah. So yeah definitely definitely um, brilliant idea yeah right. oh cool I think we've talked about loads um so the main takeaways then is that obviously alcohol is so bad for your sleep um when you stop drinking alcohol then you're kind of going through withdrawal aren't you so you will probably suffer and struggle a bit but know that it won't last forever and try and make bedtime something to look forward to as well make it special make it personal just make it lovely um and and the benefits will come so just very quickly what are maybe your top three benefits of having amazing sleep well firstly your health that's got to be the first major thing um, yeah. you are allowing yourself to be healthy and function the way you need to i managed to as i say to lose my weight that way because that was what was the stress response was in my body it was so high mm -hmm. that it was making me keep the weight on yeah. Um, because that's what happens. You store fats and everything else that comes into your body. So that's that's definitely one. Um, another one is that you can you can function better and make better decisions in the mm -hmm. day ahead. So you are, you know, you're less likely to to make rash decisions and yeah, 
you know, I just even physic, physical mistakes as well. So if you're operating machinery or mm. driving a car, you're you're more in control uh, and uh, you're less likely to for that to happen. And the thing is, is when things like that happen, you know what these days are like. One bad thing happens, another bad thing happens, and another bad thing yeah. happens, and it goes round and round and round. So getting enough sleep really definitely helps you with with that, and also allows you to look ahead mm. um so not just from moment to moment and sort of be in a survival <laughs> mode it lets you look ahead so the third thing i would say would be that it has a positive effect on our relationships so mm. getting more sleep makes us feel better in ourselves it gives us more confidence it makes us feel more self-assured and we're less grumpy you know when we yeah. haven't got sleep you know what it's like people mm. just don't want to be near us we just, they sort of back off they go oh you, she hasn't had any sleep today oh we don't want to talk to her you act like you're a really grumpy teenager you're like oh i don't want to talk to you today i don't <laughs> want to do anything you know um yeah. so they, they back off and that can have a really detrimental effect on relationships mm. but if you are you know full of life if you feel relaxed in yourself if you love yourself and you have that internal self-confidence that results from from having a good night's rest then you are able to you know present yourself better to people and they will be attracted to you mm. so they want to know you they want to um chat with you and um and get to know what's going on with you so that really has a, a great effect you know in your family life as well it, yeah it's those those that are closest to you tend to get the worst of you um, because <laughs> yeah. you relax you relax with them so you just you just it just comes out and you see it as it is and yeah. that's the way it should be you know you should be able to you know be, be free with with people that you're near with but um there is a limit to how much they'll stand so if you can sort of heal that feeling through getting better sleep and correcting that fact that you're you're getting more phase four sleep then you know you're you're in more control of your emotions and you you can connect better with people and relate better with people so it's a huge positive so i definitely relationships you need relationships in your life you need yeah. positive ones so definitely that one yeah oh wow that's so interesting um i love talking to you julian and i love talking to you about sleep and i wish that you know we could carry on talking forever yeah. Um, and maybe we could get together and talk again. Yeah, sure. But in the meantime, if anybody, and I would encourage you to check Julian out, if anybody wants to know more about sleep, about your experience, about your book, um, where can they find you? Sure. So you can come over to clarityjunction.com. So that's my main website um, where there's a whole lot of podcasts and blog posts there about different things um but there's also a tab there that is that says sleep so it's right yeah. in the menu bar and if you click on that it'll take you through to um my details about my book and mm -hmm. it also leads to more resources for sleep um i've also got at clarity junction um if you if you go to clarityjunction.com forward slash sleep mp3 there's a free download for uh guided sleep meditation so that's something that's really helped me in the past to mm. help fall asleep so again part of that self-care that we were talking about before going to bed and also when you wake up at three in the morning and you need to try and switch back off again i find that meditation is huge has huge benefits yeah. for me to do that and it's helped so many other people that i've spoken to and have helped so there's a free meditation there that you can download that i used myself so um, mm. i've recorded it and um and it's there to download there so that's forward slash sleep mp3 but yeah that's where they can find me i'm also on facebook mm -hmm. under uh, clarity junction and i am on instagram as well at clarity junction <laughs> okay so if we just so lots put of places clarity junction clarity then. junction you'll find me <laughs> yes yay <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, thank you so much, Gillian. It's been an absolute pleasure talking thank to so you. Thank you so much for having me. You know I could talk all day on this subject. Yeah, so. me too. <laughs> so it's just brilliant. It's great to chat to you.
Yeah, you too. Thank you. Thanks. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, then please share and subscribe. For more help and support, go to the Sober Bliss website, soberbliss.com. Connect with me on social media and learn how I can help you quit drinking and start living.